With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dipping brilliant! That is absolutely stunning from Christian Eriksen! Gabriele to finish Arsenal off! No song! Is it in Welcome back to the last word on Spurs for our first official Premier League podcast of the season to review the win against Aston Villa. Delighted to have joining me on the show the return of John Mannings, one of our founding members to the show. Jordan John, we've got another John back on the show in Lily White Rose. John, delighted to have him back on the show. And finally, last but certainly not least, we've got the return of one of our favourites in actor presenter, host and writer, Ricky J. Norwood. Now, in case you didn't watch the game at the weekend against Aston Villa, here's just the highlights of how Tottenham Hotspur turned the game on its head to secure their first three points of the Premier League season. Ericsson bends that one round. What a save to deny Sanchez by Heaton. And Lucas Moura off balance still gets it back to Dombele! Finally. Mello won it. Not by means. It's broken for Kane! 
Kane, it's another. There's no He's off the mark with a double. Harry Kane beating his England colleague Tom Heaton yet again. The single thing so, so well. That's why he gets goal after goal. Well, guys, firstly, hopefully you enjoyed that brand new intro to the last word on Spurs. I mean, that should get your goose buttons pumping for what's going to be one of our, hopefully, fingers crossed, great shows of the season to start with. Delighted to have John Mannings back on the show. John, it's been a while. How have you been? It's so, I'm all good, mate. Back once again like the renegade master. I can't wait to get back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's off already. He's taken about a couple of seconds. But, John, we're pleased to have you back on. Will it be more regular, John? That's the question I think the listeners want to know this season. Yeah, mate. I'm back from my season-long loan at uh, Nowheresville, and I'm back to, to make some more appearances for the last word on Spurs. We're not going to have another Incuda here, are we, John? <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that out to you to decide, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Joining John M tonight, we've got John from Lily White Rose back on. John, how are you? Hello, mate. I'm absolutely buzzing off the weekend. What a start to the season. Come on, you Spurs. Oh, indeed, with that. Great start to the season. In the end, we've got to say. And finally, last, but certainly not least, delighted to have this man back on our station. One of our favourite guests, Ricky J Norwood, back on the last word on Spurs. Ricks, how are you? I am good, my friend. How are you? And yes. you know what? I think I think you might have to change the name of the show now to First Word on Spurs because <laughs> with the new time slot, this is you know it. What I mean, you are getting in there, mate. I'm loving the new vibe and new energy of the show, and I, I'm just happy to be on. Oh, you're a top man, Rick. Delighted to have you back here. Well, listen, for 70 minutes or so, I think we was fearing the worst. We wanted it to be lively tonight. We wanted it to be buzzy. <laughs> And in the end, we got the right result because, John, Em, I'm going to start with you. Harry Kane hit a ruthless brace in the end as the host fought back to break the Premier League new boys' hearts after Tungi Undembele stunner counted out John McGinn's opener. And, John, we've got to be honest and say, for that first 60-odd minutes, it was pretty ugly. The change in the formation, Ericsson's introduction, pivotal. And considering next week's opponents, that's an extremely important win. And we looked very, very good in that last half an hour, John Em, didn't we? We did, mate. We did. It was one of them, especially the first half. It was all it was all foreplay, no penetration, really. It was, you know, you couldn't really see. We had that early chance with. Uh, we got, of course, we got to make it sexual. Why wouldn't we? Anyway, with Lucas Moura's early chance, that header, you know, when that when that don't go in, and then they they score, and you think, here we go, Spurs are back. We've been waiting for this all summer, and you're just going to come back and piss us off straight away. But obviously, yeah, no. It ended up being ended up being a good result, but for the first hour of that, you are thinking, if we don't win here, you've got Man City away next. That's potentially no points from two, even though you know you've got to be realistic about these things. But yeah, we mate, we 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 do what we do what we've done more, was it more times than anyone else now. Thirty seventh time been losing at half time and come back to win. So the only thing that worries me a little bit is the fact that it was Ericsson that changed it because you know potentially he's not there next week or the week after. But, mate, what, what's most important is, you know, we've got three points. We're off to a flyer. And I just want to say as well, for I don't know whether any of you agree with this. I think it's the first time we've been at home first up for ages. So, what the Premier League seems to be doing is making it easier for, you know, probably most would consider the top three teams in the league to be Liverpool, Man City and Tottenham. And the Premier League have given all three of them, you know, opening day fixtures against championship clubs, which I thought was really nice. Normally, we get a tough one first up. Mm. And like I said, John, normally it's away from home, so it was nice to be at home for the first day. Ricks, I'm going to come round to you. I mean, the most important thing was simply the result. I think there's no get away from it. It was by far nowhere near our best. However, we still have the likes of Ali, Son, 
Sessignon, the Chelsea to come back into this team. Hopefully also a fully focused Christian Eriksen to come back. And despite the Vuitton conspiracy theories that could have had a massive impact on the day, we ended up getting the right result. Oh, yes, we did. Uh, and, and I think it, it, that's what the game kind of showed. I think that's why the first half was so bitty uh, and, and a little bit slow. It, it was the first game back for a lot of people. Back at, back at our house, you could hear that crowd through the screen. You could feel them. So, you know, uh, you know, Tungay's um, debut as well, you know, uh, he looked like he wanted to... Everybody looked like they didn't want to make a mistake. And, they, and, and I think that shortened them up a little bit. This whole thing with Yan, uh, nobody knows what's happened. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of... The, the, the thing that gets me is that he wore sunglasses the whole way through the game. Now, I know that sounds funny, but I'm just like... It, it, it was just a weird trait. I, I, you know, uh, at one point... He, and at n not at one point did he take him off and kind of... I mean, it wasn't that sunny as well, was it? Was it that sunny to wear him? Well, <laughs> well, that's, well that's what I'm saying. So I, I don't know what type of argument has happened or, or what type of something's happened there. Mm. But he didn't want to show... By wearing glasses, I think he didn't want to show emotion is what I'm saying mm. at that point. And if we, it, it, the, the, the pictures that we did see of him, he did look a bit lethargic. He, he was looking at his phone. He was looking off to the side a couple of times. So I really hope it's nothing too serious. Because he's been immense for us yeah. uh, for ye for years, and even during the summer, with 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 some of the players saying that they might want new projects this year, um, he is one that has come out and said how much he loves us as a fan base. He loves us as a club. He loves wearing a shirt. He loves he loves Poch and he and he loves the way we're playing and what direction we're going in. Um, he is fantastic for the squad. He's fantastic for all the young younger. Um, uh, defenders and players as an example of a player. Um, so I think he's so important to us. Um, but I think that that's why the first half was bitty. I think sometimes for Tottenham, when we go a goal behind, it wakes us up. There's been many a time that we've had the first half sleeping. And as soon as we've conceded a goal, it's like, all right, then, cool. Time to wake up. Time to wake up. Mm. What, I was really, what I was really impressed with well, before I get to what I was impressed with, what I will say is that everyone has to take a little bit of time with, with the new signings as well. It always takes them a year to get used to Poch's training methods and the way that we play. So there are going to be dips. There are going to be bits where they're tired or, do you know what I mean? Or they're not used to the double training sessions and the, the, the amount of work they're being asked to do. Um, but the one thing that I was super impressed with was Danny Rose's attitude and performance on the day. He, he, he played like a captain, I felt. Um, I, I think he played like he was there for 12, 13 seasons, years, whatever it is. And um, it was really nice to see him uh, play the way that he did after all the speculation over the summer. Yeah, I agree with that one. We are going to come on to Vertonghen's future shortly. Uh, before we do that, John, we've had a question here from Savarabag, I hope I pronounced that right, at S-V-A-R-O-G-B-G-1, who says, Why do we torture ourselves against clubs which only can defend in panic mode? Burnley, Brighton, now Villa. What can we do to win such games more easily? Well, first things first, I just want to say on Villa, I was extremely impressed with mm, them. I, I think they're definitely going to stay up this season. I thought yeah. Tyrone Mings at the back, I kept telling people it was Vigil van Dijk. Like the performance <laughs> of him was absolutely phenomenal for 70 minutes. And in fact, the whole Villa team, it was only when we scored did they sort of come down and they were tired. The, the fitness levels weren't there. You know, once you come up to the Premier League, it's a whole different game. And their players have been quick to say that. People like John McGinn, who was also excellent on the day. I was really impressed with Villa. 
Um, you know, so when they finally tired, when we got that goal, there was a feeling in the stands that, yes, we're going to win this game. But it just took a bit of time to, to get that second important goal to seal the three points before Harry added the third. Um, on to the, 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 the question. I mean, what, what does it take? Well, it, you could do starting Christian Eriksen for, you know, for beginning. If you're, if you're not going to start the game with Son and Deli Ali for other reasons, then not selecting Ericsson as well just seems crazy to me. Mm. You're talking about our four from last season, desk, you need all four of them playing. And if you've got two that can't play for non-footballing reasons, then don't take out another one. It showed when Ericsson came on, he was passing, he's bringing confidence to the rest of the players, creating chances. So, you know, primarily starting with creative players. And I felt like Lamella didn't have his, his best game yesterday. He did very well to recover the ball off Grealish for, for the second, for Kane's second. But... Um, Generally, I mean, it's just starting with creative players, and I thought the lineup yesterday was void of that. Starting with three, effectively, def- I know Tangai can play more of a box to box, but three sort of primarily defensive midfielders at home to Aston Villa is unnecessary, in my opinion. Uh, and obviously, we're going to see Lachelso come in if Eriksson d- does leave, or maybe both of them can play together. So, moving forward, I would certainly suggest playing with more sort of attacking creative players. Okay, load of questions in on Jan Vertonghen, so we're going to discuss that now. David Friend said, "What's up with Vertonghen?" Taylor says, what do we think is happening with Jan and why he wasn't in the squad? Before we get into it, we're going to play you Maurizio Pochettino's interview with Sky, where he's asked a question about Jan Vertonghen, why he wasn't in the squad for tactical reasons. Hear this, and we're going to come back and let you know our thoughts. I just wanted to ask you one more about Jan Vertonghen. We did speak about it before the game. It was such a surprise that he wasn't even in the squad. Is there any long-term problem that means he won't be selected next week or the week after that? You know, he's... um... Um, with all the player fit uh, in the future, we are going to to struggle to, to to find the starting eleven or to make the starting eleven and to to seven players more on the squad. Uh, we have more than twenty five with youngers that uh, deserve. They are knocking the door of the the first team. Um, you know, I think he's um, he's done nothing wrong. Sorry, Jan's done nothing wrong. Why something wrong? Um, I I think you need to. I think everyone needs to understand, you know, uh, with the decision or the decision, we have plenty of uh, very good players in all the position. It's not going to be strange uh, on the future. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, and of course, that um, only we are going to play with 11 in every single game. We cannot play with 13 or 14, you know. Um, of course, um, you know, look, it's always the judgment of the, of the manager and the coaching staff. Uh, of course, if we lose... Of course, all the players that play were wrong, and my decision were so bad. If we win, okay, uh, you know, keep going. Um, but like um, after five years, that is my sixth season. I think everyone knows me. I'm going to play the player that deserve to play, or I believe deserve to play, or are the best to play in every single game. Um, you know, um, but I think it's not uh, any issue. Only that my decision today was play with Toby and. And with Davinson and on the bench, player like Eddie Dyer that or Serge Aurier in a defensive situation to 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 provide a good balance to the to the team. Hope that the Shan for sure is going like another player that they didn't play today. They they need to work hard to try to wait and find the possibility to play. In the moment they have the opportunity to play, show that I I am wrong when they didn't play. Right, lads, so we're there. We've heard Maurizio Pochettino's comments on Jan Bertongen where he's made it clear that he wasn't in the squad for tactical reasons. John M., I'm going to start with you. How surprised were you, John, when he can say he's not in the squad for tactical reasons? And let's not forget, I mean, he's probably our best centre-back at the football club. 
Yeah, I'm, I was extremely surprised just based on the fact that um, Jan and Toby are the two set, like senior centre-halves who've played a full part in the pre-season because obviously Davinson Sanchez was away with Colombia at the Copa America, didn't um, join up with the squad till a little bit later. So he didn't get as many minutes under his belt in pre-season you know, as the other two did. So if you're going to leave one of them out, you'd, you'd perhaps suggest it might have been Davinson just because he might not have been up to the level of fitness. Now, as it turned out, obviously... Big Dave's an absolute beast, and he, he he was superb. I thought yesterday, but with Jan, I, I'm not sure. I don't know whether this is whether he's trying to. I don't know. Maybe I I just hope that we're reading a little bit too much into it, and there isn't actually mm. a problem. It was just one of them things where he's he's being genuine. You know, if you look at the bench, you had three players there, senior players in Oria, Wanyama, and Dyer that hadn't played a minute of pre-season. But you can also say that there's adequate cover defensively there, just in case anything did happen to um, Alderweireld or Sanchez during the game. Maybe Dyer comes on and plays at the back, etc. So maybe it was a case of, you know, just not putting Vertonghen on the bench because there's enough cover there. But then you, but then on the other hand, you say, well, you leave Dyer off the bench, surely, if that's the case. But like I say, I think we won't really know for, for sure if there's an issue until 5.30 or 4.30, whenever this team lineup is going to be announced uh, prior to the Manchester City game. Because if he's not in that, mm, then yeah. I'll, I will be extremely worried. Because although you know he's only got a year left, so has Toby, and you think you want, you know you can't afford to lose either of them just yet, no, especially now our transfer windows closed. That's that's what worries me. I'm hoping it's nothing, and he comes in and he's imperious next Saturday, and then we can all say what a genius Pochettino is. He left our Probably for me, our best centre half out in a game where we we won fairly comfortably. If you look at the scoreline in the end against Villa, and he, he comes in against Manchester City, we keep a clean sheet and we nick a win. You know that's all. That's what I'm obviously hoping that happens. But it was a weird one, and it was another one of them stupid headline grabbers that we did just didn't need. Like before the start of the season again, John. Before the start of the season again. <laughs> Well, it's the same. If you look back twelve months, it was it was Toby's turn last year to That's be right. yeah. completely left out of the team against uh, Newcastle first game of last season. And as it turned out, we you know we, we won there without him. But yeah, you just you, you look at the team and you, you think, as the guys have just said about the, as John was saying then about not having Son, Ali, Ericsson, it's one of them where you, there's you know we're talking about game one and we've got half a squad of players missing already. So if one of our most senior players is fit, surely he's involved. Mm. And like I say, it does worry me, but we, I don't think we'll know anything conclusively until next Saturday. Yeah. Rick's coming over to you. What did you take on that situation? I mean, there has been murmurings that it could be about a contract dispute. It's alleged at the moment, so you can't sit there and say for sure. But, I mean, if it is a contract dispute, I mean, we have seen recently the likes of Rose, Toby, and obviously Ericsson, and now potentially Jan become obviously frustrated with maybe the club's culture over the contracts. I mean, is that something Spurs have to look at in the future to sort out? I mean, they have recently given Harry Kane a new contract. We've seen Lucas Moura sign a new contract as well. How do you approach this, Rick? Do you know what? Um, I, I think, especially in today's market, uh, where you've got Harry Maguire going for £80 million, mm. to sort Jan and Toby out a new contract. And I'm talking about both of them because I think that you've got to remember when... Look, when when Jan came in, he came in right off of the back of Ledley, Ledley finishing, Ledley retiring. And as soon as I saw him, I saw him in the first game and I was like, you know, we have got a diamond here. We're going to be all right because he, I, I thought we was really going to feel the pain of, of, of Ledley going. And I saw that. When I saw Toby came in alongside him, he, he changed the way that we defended 
like from the beginning, from the get-go, we yeah. were organised straight away. It was there was intelligent play, it was intelligent passing, there was intelligent tackles. Lo- you know, I I, I love uh, Dawson, yeah, and his last-ditch ta- tackles. You know, but w- with Toby, you never really needed to do that. <clears throat> he always had it under control, and if he needed to make a last-ditch tackle, tackle or block, then he did. You know, and I I think last year, like his speculation. Uh, about him leaving uh, and the whole contract uh, stuff. The way he pulled up his socks and played for us the whole season, you know, professionally, you know, and he still he still has got the club in his heart. He still he still loves us. He still got his best mate Jans, you know, at the club and beside him. Um, you know, them boys have grown up since since I don't know ten eleven. You know, they've they've grown up together. So there is a there is a great bond between them, and especially when they were hundred percent hundred percent fit. And we was at home. I can't remember how many goals we conceded, but it was very, very few. Um, um, the, the the problem then came with who was on the right back, who was left back because Walker left, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But when it comes down to when it comes down to Ericsson and Toby and Yan, they've been in our system for a long time. Okay, they've transitioned uh, from from that kind of mid mid table player to to. Or, you know, adapt to all of Poch's uh, requests and needs and enjoyed that challenge and they've stepped up and they have put their last legs on the line for us. Look at Ericsson, where he wasn't in the side at the beginning and then he totally changed the game when he came on. Why? Because he knows the system, he knows the, he knows the runners, he knows how we play, he knows how to shift the pace of our game. He's been the heartbeat for a long time, Rick. So these players are important and <clears throat> it's going to take a... a a, a, a very, very, very pretty penny and pound, billion pound. I don't know what to replace these boys. If Harry's, if Harry Maguire is going for eighty mil, how much is Toby really worth? If his contract was up to up to par, do you know what I mean? How much is these players really worth? How much is it going to cost us to replace these players? Give them the contract that they deserve because they sweat, bleed, and and they do. They put their last legs out for us all the time, all the time. So give them what they deserve. Give them what they deserve. All right, they're outside of the age bracket. But sometimes experience is key. You know, sometimes having some somebody who's an example to, to young ones to show people, to maybe show them that it's not all about money or it's not all about the cars and the bling. It's about actually playing your best game and improving and, and being part of a team and being part of a brotherhood and achieving something together. The, the, them boys have got that in abundance. And they show that by example all the time. So come on, boys! Like you know, what I mean, we've had a good summer. You know, I think we've had a good summer. I think it's time to be intelligent with with, with the new contracts. Be intelligent go. with them. There you go. A rousing speech from Ricky Newell. We're only sixteen minutes in. There you go. <laughs> Unbelievable, John. Let's bring your thoughts into it because you know we've seen Jan like the last one on Spurs tweets today. He's a fan, like the rest of you. He loves a bit of last one on Spurs. You can't blame him. He's only human. But John, tell us your thoughts on the situation with Jan. Yeah, I mean, nothing at all has come out, which is really unusual for this sort of story. Um, he obviously confirmed in the mix zone after the game that, that there's no injury, just been left out. Now, I'm hoping that it's something minor, as John M was alluding to earlier. Maybe, you know, he was late for a team meeting or the morning of the game, he was late for the breakfast or whatever. I'm hoping it's something minor like that. It gets forgotten about in the week and next week he's ready to go up at the Etihad because, boy, we're going to need him. He is our best defender, in my opinion. Um, he's, he's a leader on the pitch. It's vitally important for us. You know, at home to Villa, when they're playing one up front, you can get away with switching out your best defenders. But Man City away, you've got to have all your top defenders on point, ready to go. And we need Big Yan in there, 100%. 
I do agree. Stick in with you, John. I mean, discussing that first goal defensively, it was a great finish from McGinney. You've already alluded to. You know, Villa have got a good team there. But everything about Spurs in that defensive line there, I mean, it was wretched from the initial reaction, um, the position to the ball over the top. I mean, it was really poor. And it was a great bit of composure and a finish of Premier League quality from McGinn. But that was far too easy for Villa to get in. Who do you blame for that situation? And is it easy to say that if Jan is playing in that defence, it just simply doesn't occur? No, I don't think that's right. It was it was a good ball over the top. I mean, Sanchez historically has struggled with other big, big, powerful forwards. I remember um, Rondon a couple of times at West Brom and then Newcastle troubling Sanchez in one-to-one battles. And it seems like Wesley got the upper hand in, in the movement of Sanchez and put him out of position. And then the ball obviously floated over the top. McGinn with a superb bit of skill. Really, really impressed with him uh, to leave Rose inside out and then bury that into the, the bottom corner. OK. John M, for you... Where do you see that blame line? I mean, let's be honest, Danny Rose also didn't cover himself in the greatest amount of glory. And I'm saying I'm a massive Danny Rose fan in case you haven't noticed over the last six months. <laughs> yeah, we know you love Rose, mate. We, it's, we all do, don't we, apart from yeah, Jason? Yeah, apart from Jason. I mean, he hates him. Yeah. Only joking, only joking, Jace. Um, but honestly, yeah. I mean, Rose was at fault there as well. I've got to be honest, he should have done better in that situation. i tell you what, maybe, maybe I'm sticking up for our players too much, but it was just a proper Route 1 not Premier League kind of football that caught us out. It sounds daft, I know, but most teams would have played out from that position. And by the time they do, your defence is set again. I think it just took everyone by surprise because, you know, you got the ball was laid back by Grealish to Mings who pumped it, what, 60 yards or whatever it was. And I think we was just a little bit out of position because we'd been attacking previously. So I think, do you know what, if we'd have lost 1-0, I would have had the right hump about it and I probably would have watched it. 50 times, wound myself up about it and be able to give you a really detailed answer about it. But because we end up winning, you kind of forget about it. I just think that it was a little bit like they caught us by surprise, mate. It was one of them where their their strikers, you know, he's bright, he's ready for the ball. And the the runner from midfield, obviously McGinn, who, who did do well, let's be honest, he, he, as John just said, it was a good finish. But he just put it down to, I don't know, maybe a bit of rustiness. The players are not fully in the swing of you know, it was the eight minutes into the season. So if you're going to make a mistake, make it eight minutes into the season and, and come back and win 3-1 anyway, and it doesn't really matter. So yeah. as long as nothing like that happens next weekend, we'll be all right. But listen, it's, it's football. These things happen, you know. It was just, it was, it was, a, it, I wouldn't say it was a well-crafted goal. It was, it was a good goal. They got what they needed. And unfortunately, a team like Villa, <clears throat> you know, they've just come up. Unfortunately, from the moment we kicked off at 1-0 down, you knew what the rest of the game was going to be like. That was more my concern than how the goal actually came about, to be honest. And as I say, luckily we come back and we end up winning. So, yeah, I'm not going to dwell on that too much, to be honest. OK, Rick's coming around to you. Just in terms of that first half, I mean, it was scarcely reminiscent of some of our dire performances at the end of last season. It looked like tired legs were back. Um, it was really worrying that first game. I know we turned around the second half, but was you really concerned, Rick, going into half-time just about that performance? Uh, do you know what? Not too much. Not as much as as you think, guys. But I tell you why. Because, I like I said, like sometimes when we can see the goal, we end up waking up. And um, what I saw is, is that they did like have a reaction after the goal, and they were trying. And they was trying a little tiki taka, trying to get in. They were trying to thread it through as much as they could. But like a John Terry coach defense. They put a lot of men in, in, in that in that defence. You know what I mean? That defence them two defensive walls. They were back there, they were defending for their lives for a lot of the time. Yes, they counted on us. 
and we're, we're going to get that because we play the high line and because that's the type of risky game that we play. But it, I, I wasn't panicking too tough. I saw the reaction in us. I knew that once we hit, the, the, the fact that we kept it 1-0 as well at halftime, is, um, that once we hit the dressing room, that they were going to G themselves up because I think that the mentality has shifted. After the final last year, I think they got a taste of something. And I think they they got, you know, I think the pain of losing is really going to, like, help motivate that squad in a, in, in a different light. They're, I don't think they're looking, like, look at that attitude shift. We, I remember looking at the screen at one point, I think we had, like, 75 possession. We had, like, 12 shots. We had four corners. And I think um, Villa had one, one shot off target. Like, it... We totally went in and tried to dominate afterwards. Obviously, Christian came in and changed the game. You know, it, you know. Think about Sissoko. If Sissoko done a bit more shooting practice during preseason, <laughs> we never know. Do you know what I mean? That's like, it. This is it. Because there was a couple. There was a couple. I don't know why he didn't head it in at one point. He was always looking for the pass across. Uh, he has no confidence in his shooting. Like he does, Like I think he needs to do some shooting drills. Like. He he done fantastic last year to to come on and, and be the player that he was last year, and I think that this final ball, the fine like and 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 the shooting, that's that's the next thing for Sissoko. But luckily, we had somebody like Endombele who comes in and shows him how to put it away. You well, there you mean? go. There you go. Well, let's so, discuss that finish, Rick. I mean, Endombele, you know, he showed Tottenham Hotspur and the Premier League exactly what he can do. A calm finish from 20 yards. I mean, it was the dream debut for him. But let's be honest, up until the goal, Ricks, he wasn't having the game all of his way. But, I mean, that hopefully will no. settle him down, Rick. Yeah, but, it, but I think that was all to do with the first half. Like, that's mm. why the first half was a bit of a mixed bag. He, he was trying... His passes were go not hitting the target. He, he, he the runs were going, the flicks were going off a bit. Do you know what I mean? But as so, soon as they had a rollicking at half time, I think he he stepped up as well. He was like, "All right, okay, I'm going to show you." And and if you look at all the flicks and the tricks, not every pass was there, but like it ended up being like nine out of ten was, was hitting where they were supposed to be going. They were, he was trying to get that ball in there. They were was trying to play dynamically and having the heartbeat. Ericsson alongside him really did ch- shift and change it all. So like, but for Endombele to come in and smash that goal as well, he he like Poch said, he, he he's got so much room to grow. He he's he he's legs and are not w- used to the work rate that we're asking him to to do. Mm. Like he's not used to that. So it's gonna take all these new players like a lot. It's gonna take him a while to bed in. But it was great for him to to have that kind of that fire in his belly to go, all right, I'm here and I'm going to show you. And he showed us in the second half. As soon as he got that goal, you saw all the flicks. Some of them look like mistakes until you realise, no, he meant it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's true, it's like, true. And, and this is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. There you go. You heard it they, from here, Rick's only the beginning. I love it. I Look at that positivity. you got to love it. John, bringing you into it. I mean, question here from friends. He's at ex-wife friends. He says, what did you think overall of Undenbele's performance? Yeah, I was really, really impressed, actually. You know, after he scored, you could just see the confidence come into him. Flicks, tricks, carrying the ball past people, little shimmies here and there, picking out passes. He, he started slow, and I kept thinking to myself, wow, this guy gets into some fantastic positions just on the edge of the box. But then he kept looking for another pass, and I was thinking, why doesn't he shoot? Why doesn't he shoot? And then, obviously, he was just holding something back, saving the best till last, and wow, what a goal. I mean, the confidence is going to be flowing through that man now. 
moving forward. It must it will really help him settle with the fans, with the players around him. He's going to be so confident now. And as Poch said after the game, he said, that's only him at 30, 40%. I'm thinking to myself, wow, what a player we're going to have when he's hitting, you know, those 80, 90, 100% performances. I'm really, really excited about Tangai. I thought he looked really, uh, you know, especially after he scored the goal. I mean, he looked so powerful, quick, slick. Um, he looked like a hybrid sort of Dembele, old school, you know, original Dembele. Um, so I was, I was really impressed. And if he can start scoring goals like that, if he could chip in from five goals this season, that's true. You know, yeah. from his position, that would be massive for us in terms of where we're going to finish up. So I was really, really impressed. And when he scored, just there was absute limbs in that south stand. I tell you, I went down about three rows, mate. I was absolutely buzzing. Um, I was so excited and, and yeah, you know, bring bring it on more of the same next week. Yeah, fingers crossed God, we're going to need it as well. And John M coming around to you, what I love most about Tsungi's goal is that, you know, after he scored, there was no mass hysteria celebration. He just got himself back as quickly as he could to the halfway line with the very thought in his mind is that, look, we've got to win this game. I mean, that's what I think we've been crying out for. I know many people picked up on it that Kane does that as well and Mora does that as well. But what I love is you're bringing a player there that he could have lost it there. It's his first Premier League game. He's just scored on his debut. A fantastic goal. And the only thought in his mind is getting back to the kickoff point to go and grab us the winner. Yeah, that was impressive. I liked that. I did. I, I, well, if it was me, I would have think I would have lost my mind. Well, when we all, he was, yeah, he managed to keep keep it cool and realised that you know this there was still what seventeen minutes plus stoppage time left at that point for us to go and push for for a winner. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was nice to see. You, you, you know, I'm all for personal gratification and stuff and bigging up yourself when you get the chance to. Maybe if we're three 0 up and he scores that goal, then you can he can do what he wants. But yeah, mate, it was. It, he, I thought he was really good. I did. I wasn't. You, you can't expect too much straight away. I don't think. But because, you know, he was. You know, he's he's our club record signing. So there's there's going to be some kind of pressure on him, and we're all going to be expecting him to, you know, to show us why the club has spent sixty million quid on him. And I think he went some way towards doing that yesterday. I think he grew into the game, as did everyone. To be honest, I don't think anyone was great in the first half, but in the second half, he really came into it and. Uh, he looks a player. I don't, I don't want to get too. Uh, too I can tell excited, John, you don't want to get too excited. The thing is, like John's hit the nail on the head there. You 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 have to. You look at him and you think you think Musa Dembele. You do, and you, you got to remember that when Dembele left in January, and we're thinking, you know, we can't finish the rest of the season with a man down. We need to replace him now. Sometimes you know things like that bring bring it home to me that I know I know fuck all. The people at the club, I trust them to make the right long-term decision for the club, for the, for for us, for all of us, right? And Dombele wasn't available in January. Okay, we'll go without one in midfield for the rest of the season, which obviously ended in the Champions League final. So we didn't do too badly there either. But you know, these good things come to those who wait, right? And we had to wait for Dombele, and he's a uh, mate. He looks a player. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to see see how he goes this season. I do agree with that. I mean, but I think that's what we've been crying out for. That mentality of when he scored that goal, to get himself back to the halfway line, winning mentality players, and I absolutely love it. Guys, we're going to go for a very quick break after we've got Christian Eriksen's future and how the Eriksen effect changed the game. We've got a whole host of listener questions and a brief look ahead to Man City. Don't you go anywhere. Now, one man who couldn't unfortunately be with us for the show, but of course he's an integral part of it, is Jason McGovern. Here is Jason's thoughts on that win over Aston Villa on the opening day of the Premier League season. Jace, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Delighted to pick up three points from a from a tough game. It was important we got off to that winning start. And 
and just just the relief come the end of the game. Perhaps the perhaps the scoreline made it look like it was a much much more straightforward win than it really was. What did you make, Jace, of the overall performance? First half was 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 shocking. Let's be fair about it. Um, hard to criticise the team selection because I think when when you got seven or eight players not available, I think it was a case of him trying to trying to just find which players are available and trying to find a system that that suited those players. But it pushed Sissoko much wider than we've seen, and his his quality was was in use to the ball was was shocking. It was more like watching the Musa Sissoko of two years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> And um, we just couldn't. There was no creativity, no real spark, and more importantly, we looked we looked at shambles every time Villa came forward. You thought they were going to they seemed to get a chance, and, and at half time, I was I was actually pleased we were only one nil down because you know there was the Winks tackle, there was a, a big Sanchez tackle, there was there was other missed chances that they'd had, and, and we just never really looked like doing a thing other than. Then when Kane went through one on one and that went the offside flag and he missed it anyway, but it was a was a really hard watch that first half. I'm gonna come on, Jason, ask you about Christian Eriksen in a second, but just on the selection, Jan Vertonghen not being in the squad at all. What did you make of that decision from Maurizio? Well, there was rumours of it before the game, wasn't there? But we thought it was an injury, and it's certainly uh, <laughs> any thought of an injury was was put to rest before the game with Pochettino's comments, and and since you know his after match comments as well. I don't think that must be the first time, perhaps I think in his six years, Jan's been left out of the side for 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 those reasons, if you like. And um, I hope it's nothing serious, but like I always say, put you have to. Back the manager for me means back the manager. He's the one that's, that's seen the training. He's the one that's kept his eye on on everything for the for the pre-season. So if he's not happy with something he's seen, despite the fact that we'd all probably wanted Jan to play, you have to you have to respect that decision. And, and like I often say, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Mm. Another defender, Jace, who you know made an impact in the game for being there or not being there was Kyle Walker Peters. Now I know. During the summer, we spoke a lot about that right-back area and me, myself, being very concerned about trying to find a solution. Have we found it in KWP, do you think? I think it's too early to say we found it. I thought he had a, had a, a really good game yesterday. There were still bits of bits that he could have done better with his... You know, would have liked to have seen him get forward and whack in a, a few more crosses even than he did. But there was certainly... He was probably our best defender on the day, let's be fair about it. I mean, the other three... Didn't cover themselves in any glory with the goal. Uh, Davison Sanchez was far more interested in having a, a physical battle than concentrating on the ball. And, and Danny Rose, I thought, made the mistake of perhaps, you know, of expecting Sanchez to win the ball, so was slow to react. And by the time the ball went over Sanchez's head, then then he couldn't get there either. So it was a it was a shocking goal. But no, KWP did all right. But you know, there's tougher tasks ahead. And as I've always said, those. Those two away games at City and Arsenal are the, the two games that that we we'll, we need to get those those the answers about KWP from those games if you like. Yeah, Jace, you alluded to it in terms of the selection and the impact as well. Christian Eriksen off the bench, completely changing the game for you. What did you make of his performance? And you know, can we resolve his situation before the foreign window closes? Do you think Spurs can go back maybe with a, a maybe a contract offer there, or try and just maybe secure his future because the way he did come on and change the game, I mean, it was remarkable, really. Well, there's, there's a little bit of a mixed reaction for me. I mean, I, I thought he should have gone on at half time. I was, you know, I was disappointed we left it as late as we did because I just thought we've, we've just wasted 15, 20 minutes of this half, and and it was so obvious that 
we needed Ericsson on. I perhaps wouldn't go as far as to say, as some other people have said, that you know it showed just why he shouldn't go. Because I think you have to also bear in mind that there was no Son, there was no Deli Ali, there was no Cessignon, and there was no Lacelso. And you don't know the impact that that any one and or two or three or even all four of those would have had. You know, we we lacked creativity, and he was our only creative player really available. Lamella was was the the disappointment, wasn't he? Really poor performance from Eric Lamella, other than the, the, the late pickpocketing of Grealish, he, he achieved nothing. But, you know, Ericsson certainly did change it when he came on. The whole tempo lifted and, and we played a lot better. But um, as I say, it's, it's hard to, to really know the impact of, of just Ericsson when there were so many other creative players, you know, not being able to play. So, but he, he played well and, you know, I still hope that we can, we can solve something. We've gone back with contracts, haven't we, with him? It's, the reports are he's been offered the, a really big contract as well, but his, his mind seems to be elsewhere. And until that window shuts, we, we don't know the scenario that we've got. But I'd love to, I'd love the window to shut and him to still be there and, and then sign a new contract. Give us a quick minute round up, Jason, of the impacts of Tony and Dembele got his first goal for the club and Harry Kane bagging a brace, his first couple of goals at the new stadium. I think if Ndombele hadn't scored, we'd have been underwhelmed by his performance on day one. But the, the goal was was that moment of quality, and it's it's the, the type of goal we, that uh, you know Moussa Dembele used to perhaps come up with one a season, didn't he? And we hope that Ndombele will bring that little bit more in there. But um, I think you know that affected the Sissoko performance because he effectively played where Sissoko did last year, which pushed. Sissoko wide and we still had that that problem with him but no it was a you know anytime you score on your debut particularly a, a big goal as well it's not like he scored the fifth in a 5-1 win or anything like that it was a, a big moment for him and and hopefully he takes a little bit of confidence from that but his performance will need to be a hell of a lot better when you when you watch Man City at lunchtime and he'll, he'll be up against De Bruyne and people like that in midfields you know we need Demba, uh, and Dombele to be a hell of a lot better than he was and Harry Kane, Jace, those couple of goals, his first couple of goals in that new stadium. He he certainly played better once Ericsson was on the pitch, didn't he? He looked, I thought he looked a little bit lethargic in the first half, and, and Mings was was quite comfortable with him. And when he went through with that one on one, albeit offside, you know that kind of summed up his his first half performance. But when when we needed that cool head, I just kept thinking, come on, let the chance come and let it fall to him and. When it did, I think that the, his first goal, particularly the, the first touch to get it out of his feet, because he was almost completely on top of the ball, and and that's not easy to hit. So that just that tiny little touch to give him the chance to shoot, and then you know he picked his spot brilliantly, didn't he? And and shows what a what a class act he really is. Agree with that one, and Jay's hope we'll get you back in a couple of weeks. Yep, let's hope we get uh, <laughs> Man City next week. Should be fun, shouldn't it? They looked. Uh, they looked in quite useful form yesterday themselves. So nothing to worry about, yeah, Jason. Nothing to worry about. No, I'm glad we're not playing them too early in the season. I kept thinking that. So uh, no, it'll be a tough one up there, but at least we go up there with a bit of confidence, and that that's the importance of that Villa win because, like I said, when you got City on match day two and Arsenal on match day four, forget the fact we're better than Arsenal. We don't often win there, and and you know if if we, if yesterday had gone pear shaped, it's quite possible you're looking at three defeats in the first four. You're you're down the bottom of the table and, and you become the club in crisis straight away, don't you? And I don't think any of us expect to be down the bottom of the table, but the media, they love to jump on that, don't they, at the, at the club in crisis? And, you know, it was just important to get those three points, that's for sure. Amen. And Jace, we'll have you back again very, very shortly. Yep, yeah, uh, hopefully I'm back on after the City game, mate. 
Welcome back guys. Now firstly, I've got to ask the question. John Mannings, how much do you like free beer? <laughs> well, I remember at your wedding, mate. You know, if you yeah. get any piss free, I end up not wearing any trousers, don't I? So, okay. well, I love a free beer. What I'm going to do, John, is I'm going to say this quickly, then you've got to tell me the story, because I haven't heard it yet from the wedding of what actually happened. But I can't just... believe, I can't believe you did, no one mentioned, like the people on the table behind us, <laughs> Mom, Marie's going to me, John, fucking... John, stop it, stop it. I, she tapped me. I turn around and I'm getting daggers from behind and I'm going, it's fair enough. I am walking about in my pants at the minute. <laughs> but I'm surprised no one said anything to you. Save it for the shape. <laughs> John, save us this because I want to hear it. But firstly, guys, if you're interested, Beer52 are launching a sponsor at the moment. If you go to www.beer52.com forward slash spurs, they will cover... Two extra free beers. That's a total of 10 free beers for just 4 95 on the postage. And, you know, Beer 52, very, very popular. Basically, it's themes that have ranged from Germany to Korea to Norway to South Korea and to California to Finland. But they haven't forgotten their roots. They're an independent UK company and are passionate about the UK craft beer sense. And if you can already tell, John Manning absolutely loves his beer. So if you are interested... In free beer, you've just got to go to www.beer52.com forward slash spurs to get your first case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, a sign up in the next two weeks will get you two extra free beers in this unmissable promotion from Beer52. Now, John, I want to hear the wedding story because I haven't even heard it yet. <laughs> well, I'd had a bit too much free beer, Rick, so I don't know whether this is a good advert for Beer52 or not. Well, it's for me, though. You can do, quickly tell me it for me very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking to Jason's missus if anyone saw the, the Twitter um, to and fro between me and Jason earlier about me keeping my trousers on I'll explain <laughs> so Jason's missus asked if I had any tattoos I said yes I've got I showed her my arm I showed her I, I couldn't show her my legs because my trousers were you know they're, they're slim fit I'm a big lad everything's slim fit even if it's meant to be baggy anyway I couldn't roll my trouser legs up so I have two options I can wait until I get home take a photo of my legs and send them to Jason to show his missus. But I'd had so much free beer by this point, I would have forgot. So I took my trousers off just so she could have a look at my legs. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. John again. Can't leave him anywhere. I mean, it was a lot, there was a lot of beer going out at the wedding, to be fair. So we'll, we'll let John off. But yeah, guys, I say one more time. Beer 52, they won't hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time. But free beer, you can't really go wrong. www.beer52.com forward slash Spurs to get a case of eight beers for free. And don't forget to sign up in the next two weeks. Gets you an extra two unmissable beers free. Right, OK. Back to the action. And back to a man that turned the game on its head. I'm going to start with you. John, in the aspect of Christian Eriksen, because when he came on the field, it was the Eriksen effect. He turned the game on its head, and to be fair, you know, I said it at the weekend, I will say it again, maybe I've got this completely wrong on Christian Eriksen. I came out a week or so ago, was very, very critical, and said, look, if you don't want to be here, get rid. But I mean, maybe take some time to think, John, if there is a way we can keep him at the club to make him be able to play alongside Lachelle, so of course that's what I would want. What do you think, John? Yeah, for me, Rick, I've mentioned it on many of the Love Sport shows and other last word on Spurs shows. I'm a huge, huge Christian Eriksen fan. I think he should be paid the same as Harry Kane. That's how good I think he is. Because I think he's one of our top, top players, world-class, elite-level player. Um, the fact that he came on and changed the whole game, I think there's two points to mention on that. The first being that he came on on the 64th minute. So Villa had put in a real absolute shift till this point. They were tiring. And naturally, when you bring on someone of his ability against tired, in effect, championship legs, he's going to look exemplary. My opinion, he should have been starting anyway when you're without Deli Ali and Son. 
So just bringing on someone creative, it was naturally going to change the flow of the game for us in a positive fashion because Villa were camped into their own half. They were losing every second ball. We were totally dominant at that point and it was just like you were waiting and waiting and waiting for that first goal to come. Obviously, bringing on Christian, you know, helped us get to that point and his, his creativity. One, one little funny anecdote I'll tell you. Obviously, when he came on, we had a corner straight away. So we ran over to our side to take it in front of the south stand. Crossed it in. Everyone knew it was coming. Hit the first man. And there was probably the loudest cheer of the day at that point in an ironic sort of fashion. Mm. It was a big old, Wee! you know, we knew what was coming. But yeah, that's yeah. not what, you know, forget the set pieces with Ericsson. Think about the creative player. You know, his stats are right there at the top of the league since he signed for the club. Um, his assists, setting up goal chances. He's just a phenomenal, world-class player. And in my opinion, until we can keep him, and we should be doing everything we can to keep this man because I think he is that good. We should really push the boat out. I'm talking 200 grand a week. He's easily worth it, in my opinion. He's a, you know, if he didn't have this 12 months to go on his contract, he is a hundred million pound plus player in this market. I've got no doubts about that. Mm. We must do everything we can to keep Christian. And I mean, it, the fact that he turned the whole game on its head on Saturday just speaks volumes for how important he is to this club. I mean, you can bring in Lachelso and whoever else, but Ericsson knows this team. He knows Pochettino's method. He knows the stadium. He knows the players. I mean, he's just set up, ready to deliver top top performances week in week out. And I think if we can do, you know, if we can keep him out this club, the sky's the limit for us. Okay, interesting. Now, Jason asked me to make this point on the show, and John, John, I want to get your thoughts on it because when Zahar came on for Crystal Palace, he got cheered very, very loudly. And it's funny there because John made the point there that when Ericsson went and took that corner and it ironically hit the first man, it was a sarcastic cheer. Is it also to do with how the fan base handled this situation, John? Em, or do you think we're looking into that too deeply? Oh, see, it's one of them things. I do think we have the, you know, there's a little bit of responsibility on the shoulders of fans to to not... <laughs> Mate, you see how much nonsense goes down on Twitter and how, how, many, how many tweets do you reckon he's received in his time at Spurs? Oh, God. Mm. in first man at a corner. Now, if he, if he actually reads these, unless he's got a social media manager that does this kind of stuff for him, if he sees it, then I don't know if that would sway... His decision, but he's he's a human, you know. It, it would it would piss you off if it keep happening. And I thought the reception that he got when he came on was decent. I didn't hear any booing or any any nonsense like that. I thought the um, you know everyone was happy to see him. Let's listen. Let's be honest. At the time in the game, as you said, sixty odd minutes, one nil down, we could have done with him. You know, he was definitely the one to bring on off the bench, and he and ultimately he did what he was brought on to do. But the only thing that worries me about Ericsson is the fact that he's been there. This is his seventh season, I think. And unfortunately, I know we get, we get it thrown at us all the time. But in terms of medals, he's got nothing to show. Now, if it was if it was a different story and he didn't have... Well, he's got a League Cup runners-up medal, a Premier League runners-up medal, Champions League final runners-up medal. You've got, you've got to ask yourself, if you're 27 and, and you can... You know, you're in your peak. This is your peak years now. And as much as I agree with what John just said, I would I would splash the cash massively on Ericsson because ultimately, as John also said, it's either that you give him a big old contract or you're paying eighty to hundred million potentially on a player good enough to replace him. And that's that's being said before we've seen Celso in the Spurs shirt. So he might be that man, he might already be there, but I don't think I don't think he's gonna be, to be honest. Anyway, the fact is with Ericsson we we need him to stay. I think more than he needs to stay himself because he can. He he could go and sign for 
pretty much anyone. As long as there's interest, obviously, if no bids come in for him, that maybe changes his mind as well. I think that more than anything, more than more than any fan reaction, he's like, he, he's got he's going to have two choices. If he if he's still at Tottenham on the second of September when all the markets are shut, he's got two options. He signs a big old contract at Tottenham and he's got Daniel Levy basically over a table. And if he doesn't, he that's knows an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting analogy you got there, John. Over a table. What's going on there? <laughs> Well, he would have because he'd be able to shaft him. Then he can go in there with his agent and say, "Look, if you want to replace me, it's going to cost you this much money." Mm. And if if he decides he doesn't want to do that, Ericsson, he can do what Aaron Ramsey's done this summer, who's bang average by the way, and gone and signed for Juventus for two hundred grand a week with a massive signing on fee. If you consider the deal that took Enray Chan from Liverpool to Juventus on a free transfer, Chan got a fifteen million pound signing on fee because there was no transfer fee involved. Ericsson's going to make, in my opinion, I believe Christian Ericsson's going to make himself a very, very rich man next summer when he signs a free transfer contract with someone else. Okay, Unfortunately, I can't mm-hmm. see that there's any way of stopping him from doing that now. I think we've, you know, it's happened. It's happened down the road at the Scum too often, mm-hmm. and I think, unfortunately, on this occasion, we're going to be bitten next summer when it's going to happen to two, possibly three of our best player. No, I completely agree with you, John. Completely agree. And Rick's bringing you in. I've had to make you wait for your your reply on this one. But questions in, I want to get your answers on, Rick. Aaron Pitter says, can Potch deliver a trophy this season if Ericsson leaves this month? That's the first one. Second one is from Sean Azzi, who says, should Ericsson leave, does Le Chelsea have the same qualities to fill that role? Two questions there, Rick. What do you think? And also your opinion on Christian Ericsson and his future at the moment. Oh, OK. There's a lot there. All right, so... Uh... I, th- I, th- I totally agree with John there. Uh, you know, ke- keeping Ericsson, I think, would be, you know, uh, really, really, it's really, really important for us just because of all of those things that have been mentioned. You know, he knows the pace, he knows the way, he knows the philosophy. I think with, with the fans, I think what we need to do is show him, just keep showing him love. Like, he, he, the thing is that we do love him and there is a thin line between love and hate, as the song says. And because he's kind of said that he's looking somewhere else, we're kind of like, all right, and fine, do your thing. We don't want you anyway. Fine. I, you know what? I didn't even think you was too nice anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. And, and we've kind of had that type of attitude with it. Um, but it's not that we don't love him. Like, and all, I think if we show here, if, if, the same way Tungay got that, that, that crowd reception after he scored his goal, like Ericsson, when he came on, he, like, to me, he looked like he was on a mission. To me, he won. He picked up the free kick. He, you know, he, between Harry, he, he had the discussion with Harry about having that free kick, and he's like, "No, no, 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 I'm having this because I think he wanted to get us back into the game. He wanted to score that goal. I think he's still got a lot of love for us. He's still got a lot of respect amongst um, Poch and the team, you know, and the players um, and the coaching staff there. I think, of course, he's 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 confused. Uh, he, he would love to go to Spain. We know this. Um, you know, to, to like you say, to pick up those winners' medals. But I think they've kind of half disrespected him. They've played about with him as well. It's like, well, if we can't get Pogba, then we might look at you. But yeah. you know, actually, actually, we're looking at Van der Beek as well. So actually, so that's a there's a whole heap of disrespect there as well. Mm. So with with all the love that we have for him, if we keep showing that, if he plays against Man City and we roar for him when his name's announced. He'll, he'll remember that how much we love him and how important he is to us. And, and you know, sometimes being a, an important cog in a team trying to achieve something can be like an incentive in itself, you know, instead of being one 
amongst all of the Galacticos. Do you know what I mean? So, um, the, the, I would love him to stay. I would love him to be paid that money. Like I say, he's he's been a match winner for us many a time, whether it's been an assist, a pass, or the goal itself. So, I think he more than deserves a new contract and a bumper deal on the same level as Harry Kane, just as John said. Uh, with Lacelso, uh, Lacelso is a is a diamond of a player. Um, uh, he, he has got um, a really good feet, um, mostly mostly left footed, but he he's he's happy to switch to the right as well. He can play in in a number of different uh, positions. He can play like any one of the three, uh, one behind the three, yeah, or or he, or he can play in Ericsson's uh, position in midfield as well. I think it's um, I, 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 we can't expect too much from him too soon because he again. He ain't had no preseason with us. He is he's gonna uh, he's just about to get his first week of training under Poch. His legs are gonna be tired as hell after this week. You know, um his mind's gonna be a little bit fried because it, we're uh, we're gonna be asking it, him to do a lot. But he's under the best teacher, the best mentor that he could ever be under. So with all the technical ability and this is why we waited so long for, for the one that we wanted instead of going for somebody else. So you know true. what I mean? Instead of, yeah, spot in, 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 yep. Instead of going for the cheaper option, instead of going to like a hole or a, or a you, you, one of these championship sides that have got decent players. Don't get me wrong, we got Delhi from a championship side, mm. but but you know what I mean? Like or a league? I can't remember what. League but one, you know what but I mean. yeah, I see where you're coming okay, from. Yeah, but yeah, agree. You know what I mean? But like we have waited and we've paid the money for the ones that we've wanted. If we if we didn't get nobody all summer and we just got Ndombele, I would have been I would have been upset, but I would have been really happy because he he would have been the one that we wanted really and truly, and, and the one that we really really needed. And we went out and paid that money and got him and got him at a good deal as well, sixty two mil, a good deal, you know, for for, for a player of his ability. So I think the Chelsea is going to take time. I think it's really important to keep Ericsson if we can. I think just leaving him out of the side this little bit is giving him that kind of do I want to be here, do I not want to be here sort of thing. Like Poch has given him time. He done the same last year. He gave everybody a clean slate because there's some wanted to leave, some wanted to stay. There was contracts, you know, palavers. And he goes, you know what? Once every, it, all the transfer window was shut, he said, let's start from a clean slate. Let's go out and do the best that we can do for this football club. And look where we ended up. Yes, we tailed off, but we ended up at a Champions League final. You know, so this year... I think there is going to be some type of trophy, mate, because I think Poch and the boys are on it on a different level. They're, they're, they're on it. The, the way that they came out and bombarded Villa for that second half was like a Man City, was like a Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? It was it was the same attitude towards we're going to win. Not not we need to win. We're going to yeah. win. Spot on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there was a different attitude, mate. So I'm, I'm really kind of... Uh, hopeful and uh, I'm really excited for this season. I agree with that one. Now we want to speak about that midfield diamond. We also want to speak about Carl Walker Peters. So next we are going to discuss the diamond a little bit and we're going to come over to you John because it was fair to say that with Ericsson coming on it changed Tottenham's formation. We went over to the preferred 4-2-3-1. I mean it made a massive difference to Tottenham. We had a load of questions in about that formation. This is the first one from Rory who says having seen us play it as a 4-2-3-1 at the end of the game how would you start against City, the way we ended the game or the diamond? Thoughts, John? It's really interesting because obviously they're, they're two different fixtures completely. You know, one is Aston Villa at home, a newly promoted championship side who played with one up front. City are going to be right on us. In that game, I want us to be, you know, doing the dirty tactics, running down the clocks, minute one, 
taking as long as we can with things. There's no rush for us out there. I don't want us going behind after 14 seconds like that time with Jesus Navas. Let's put that to bed straight away. <laughs> oh, thanks for the reminder, John. Yeah, that. a horrible day, that. 6-0, <laughs> wasn't it? Terrible oh, day. Cheers. Anyway, we move on. I digress. Um, f- me, me personally, I think I would start with the, the three in that game. I would never do it at home to an Aston Villa. As we yep. saw, it was ineffective. But for that game against Man City, I would start with Sissoko and Ndombele and Winks. I think Winks, because he can continuously keep recycling the ball, he keeps picking it up, passing, 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 which will frustrate Manchester City. And then Sissoko and Ndombele for their sheer size, power, strength, and the fact that Ndombele can also pick a pass. If we need to get something on the counter, you know, it, we're really going to miss Sun next week as well, which is very frustrating that he's still suspended because, I mean, his pace in that game, as you saw up in the Etihad in the Champions League yeah. uh, last 16 game, he was, uh, the quarterfinal part of me, he was absolutely fantastic. So we are going to miss him. I'd probably, I would start with that three again and obviously swap out Lamella for Ericsson. Okay, interesting. Sticking on the diamond formation, I'm going to come around to you, John M. This is from Brooks at Brooks Jones 8, who says, The diamond looked a little congested in the middle. I know that our squad options were very limited, but what do you think we can do with our formation to encourage creativity moving forward? I think you're going to tell me, probably, John, start Ericsson. <laughs> I think the thing is, when you see the, the heat map and the average positions of the players... Um, well, everyone really, apart from the back four, they was all in, in a little box, basically, in the middle of the pitch. So you had Lucas spent a lot of time quite close to Kane, and Kane didn't move about too much either. I didn't think his movement was up to much, which didn't help. But, yeah, the rest of the midfield, I think they were they, you know, just a little bit too close. Lamella don't seem to... I, I don't know, I don't want to start having a go at Lamella. But I, 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 don't, I don't think he's good enough, personally. But he's, um, he's, he was part of the problem there, because he's a senior enough player to be able to to go right, it is getting congested in there. Uh, let me take some of this, you know. Let me take some heat and and go and try something different. But it's one of those games where you know, as as John said a couple of times now, when you're playing against a newly promoted team who are playing one up front, you don't need three in in, in central midfield. You just don't. So I was a bit surprised that Pochettino went with that formation from the beginning. And let's not let's not forget as well. This Ericsson thing might have been completely coincidental when he weren't fit enough for 90 minutes. We don't know that. He's not. No one said that. And that's the only thing that I can think of that it might have been because otherwise it doesn't make any sense, in my opinion, not to start him. Because as we saw, he came on, the game got opened up a little bit more. He brought Nkudu on as well, which he, he helped to sort of stretch it out a little bit towards the end as well. And it, But what, what also happened as well with the introduction of Ericsson and the change of formation is the fact that he seemed to give life to the players who were already on the pitch because it was Lamella that robbed Grealish to set up the second goal when it was Sissoko that set up the third goal and if it wasn't for the change of formation not necessarily the change of personnel I don't think those situations would have been able to happen because everyone seemed to be standing on each other's toes and I think once the game was spread a little bit it obviously worked out nicely for us but yeah I think listen I think it's down to the lack of personnel at the moment when you're you've got to consider that Delhi's not there, Son can't play. So if Delhi and Son were available yesterday, we're not playing the diamond. We're just not. So I don't think it's going to be anything that we're going to see too regularly as long as we don't suffer with injuries too much. Because okay. if you take Wink and Dombele or Sissoko out, who else are you putting in? That's that's the trouble at, at the minute. That's the trouble. Yeah, million dollar question there. And coming back round to you, John, Harry Kane. His first cut of goals in the new stadium. And you mentioned there, John, a second ago about Eric Lamella because he did rob 
Grealish of the ball to get Harry off the mark in the new stadium. Maybe some would say Agent Grealish, but it was a good bit of play for Lamella, who, to be fair, I think you're right, John, in what you were saying, that he wasn't really having a great impact in the game, but he certainly made it there to set up Harry Kane, and through on goal, John, no mistake from Harry. Yeah, I mean, Harry's been waiting for that moment, hasn't he? I mean, it's incredible. I know he's only played a few games at New Stadium, but he hadn't scored yet, or the chance hadn't arisen for him to do so. So everyone was absolutely buzzing for H to get that first goal, and then obviously the second followed very quickly. A couple of interesting points on that is that, you know, he doesn't normally get going as quickly as some of the other forwards in the league, Harry. So the fact that he's already scored two goals, yeah. you've got to be looking at him targeting. If he can stay injury-free, 30 to 35 goals this season. I'm not mucking about when I say that. I think he is that good. I think he needs to be targeting those sort of levels and, and putting... You know, getting that golden boot straight back from Aubameyang, uh, back in the part of North London where it belongs. Oh, now, man. one other point I just want to make before, before I miss out the chance is that was anyone else slightly surprised that the bench consisted of Dyer, Wanyama, and Oliver Skip? That's three sort of holding midfielders on the bench, and we already started with three in effect instead of say Troy Parrott, who was completely omitted from the starting lineup. I thought when we were down one nil, surely young Troy could have been brought on had he been on the bench to you know, open up the space a bit more or get a chance or hopefully get a goal away. What, what did you think about that, Rick? I agree. Do you know what surprised me, John, as I got you here? I was really surprised that young Parrot hasn't really had been featured on the bench. Was you surprised by that at all? Yeah, massively. I, I thought he would certainly be involved, I mean, especially with the bench that we put out. I mean, apart mm. from Nkudu, I've said my piece on before, I was actually actually praying that he was coming on. That's how desperate <laughs> things were getting on, on, on Saturday. Just <laughs> things are getting bad. We're praying for Nkudu to come on. That's it. He can do that one trick where he gets it on the side and sort of flicks it past people. Um, but yeah, I was relying on that to change the game to get us to points, which is mental. But um, yeah, I, I was very surprised Troy was involved. Um, you know, if we're going to have the same sort of bench next week, I would hope he is involved at the Etihad just to give us another option if we need to get a goal. That bench looked like we'd, we'd be three 0 up and cruising with twenty minutes to go, and you can give them three central midfielders who started the game a rest before next Saturday. That's how it seemed to me. I think Poch was you got balls out from the front from the start. You put Lucas and Kane on. You, you hopefully. You know, hopefully you're winning the game comfortably and you're able to put some minutes in the legs of Dyer and Wanyama. But unfortunately, as it turned out, we didn't have the opportunity. So for me, that was how I would explain that bench yesterday. Mm. Rick, how are you? Harry off the mark. A couple of goals already. Like John said, you know, he's already up there in terms of the you know guys already off the mark in the Premier League scorers. How relieving is it to see Harry go off the mark so early in the Premier League? It's fantastic. It's awesome, mate. It just shuts everybody up straight away exactly. as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're always looking for, for, for um, you know, some subtext or some, some headline off a of, off of bus lot. You know, obviously the next one on our back is going to be this trophy for Lava. But I'm glad they, <laughs> I, I'm glad they, uh, Harry shut him up straight away. Do you know what I mean? And on, on the golden boot, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't two other players get it? I don't know. If, yeah. if three players get That's one it. boot, is, is, is that... Is, is that really a... I don't know. Well, how does it work, Rick? Does one get the shoelaces? Does one get the sole mirror? How does this situation work? Yeah, who's got the stud? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Oh, dear. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. I think Harry's ready to, to get back his, uh, his golden boot. And I, and I think, um, like I say, the shift in mentality, him as... You know, obviously, Lloris is our captain, but I, I feel like like uh, he's he's... The, the outfield captain as well. Do you know what I mean? Like when Yan plays, he's the, he's the captain in defence. And, you know, and um, we're we, 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 we just seeing this new type of attitude, this new ruthlessness uh, in, in our boys. And it's going to take us a little bit of getting used to because we're not used to it. Uh, you know what I mean? Just kind of just full frontal, you know. It, it, we've always had a, 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 some type of, you know, somebody's been injured or... 
somebody's been suspended or there's been something that has that has kind of disrupted uh the the progress or we've been at Wembley do you know what I mean there's been something that's disrupted the progress every time we hit peak level but the boys at home now properly do you know what I mean uh with uh new players and the money invested there's a new attitude they know what level they need to hit you you could hear in Harry's interview after the game that you know with Man City and Liverpool doing what they do, done what they done last year. Is we can't afford to drop any points at all. So um, I think that's the mentality that, that, that they're going into this this season with. And it's I think this is going to be exciting times for us. It really is going to be exciting times for us, mate. Yeah, Trust we have me. to also mention the fact that Chelsea got absolutely battered today, which is not a bad thing for us. You know, actually they've already <laughs> lost four nil. So I mean, I tell you, everyone's in the bottom of the table at the moment. I know it's only one game in, but seeing West Ham Watford in there. I mean, not 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 a bad start, John. Is it to see Chelsea and West Ham bottom two? Is uh, it's, I won't lie, it's a beautiful sight, mate. I just mm-hmm. uh, long may it continue. Uh, <laughs> to see them where they are, popping up the table with the, with uh, with the Pikes is uh, beautiful, mate. There I love go. it. I, I, the, I wish I wish that Frank Lampard um, has this kind of luck every weekend. You don't you don't you don't mind this four year deal at the moment, John? Let's hope he stays there for the for the tenure, yeah. Well, it's, uh, do you know what? The thing is, it's going to get to the point where we, we kept saying, Arsene Wenger, we want you to stay. I can see that happening <laughs> Frank Lampard pretty soon. <laughs> oh, dear. One man we have to talk about before we wrap up is Carl Walker-Peters. I'm going to come over to you, John, because I know the youth, you love seeing young players come through. And to be fair to Carl Walker-Peters, there were some great stats over the weekend. And we've been sitting there on the Love Sports shows debating about the right back. And Maurizio came out and he's... Pre-match press conference said, look, trust me, I'm going to find a solution. I'm good at creating these players that, you know, I can fill in that right back. But have we got one all along here, John? Because I've been one of those guys that, to be fair, I have been, you know, a little bit reluctant to kind of back Walker-Peters. I don't think he'd be good enough. But I know it's only Aston Villa and we can't get too carried away. But was you, you know, was you slowly, slowly getting more convinced watching him on Saturday? Yeah, I thought he had a solid performance. I don't want to get people carried away and start making false hype. I thought he had a, a solid you know, six, six and a half, seven out of ten performance. He didn't offer that much going forward. He, he did okay, I thought. Um, but, I mean, the real test is going to be next week. Let's see how he gets on against Raheem Sterling. He's a player who destroyed our fullbacks year in, year out. It's obviously fantastic news from our point of view that Sane's not playing next week because that would have been danger on both sides. Um, but let, let's see how he gets on next week. And then, obviously, we've got Arsenal in game four. But I do want to see Kyle Walker-Peters given a chance to own that shirt. I don't want to see him just brought in, say, you know, yet Saturday... And then he's out again next week. Let's give him a solid 5-10 Premier League games, consistent games, to see where we are with this man. Because if we keep bringing him in and then he doesn't play for eight weeks, you never know what sort of player you've got. He must have a fair amount of consistency that the other players get. And let's see where we are. OK, well, let's wrap up then with some listener questions. Now, guys, we ask you to send your questions into us ahead of every show. Um, you guys get into us in your droves. I mean, we're getting hundreds come through, which is fantastic. And we can't thank you enough for all your support for the show. And listen, if you're interested, go and leave us a review on iTunes. Honestly, every review helps us grow the show, make it even bigger than what it already is. So you can leave us a review on iTunes. and That would be great. But let's throw in some listener questions. They're going to be quick fire, guys, just to kind of we're pushing time now. So ahead of next week, let's go to you first, Ricks. Quick Fire, Aurea or KWP next week? That's from MV Vamoshids. Who are you going for? KWP. Oh, brave. He's gone for it. KWP. Okay. Um, next, we're going to go around to you, John M. Michael Dash at Michael B says, which duo would work better, Sissoko and Ndombele or Winks and Ndombele? At the moment, I think the two French guys, just because... just. 
give Ndombele a chance to build a relationship with with, with uh, the rest of the team via Sissoko, but Winks has to start for me, so I don't know what he's going to do there. Okay, we'll have to see. We're going to be discussing that more in our Love Sports show coming up. Um, next question, we are going to go over to you, John. Daniel Brown at Dan underscore Spurs 1 says, what is Sissoko, what, oh, he says, when is Sissoko going to be banned from shooting? To be fair to Zoko, the chances he misses, he does always get in fantastic positions. He just needs to practice, man. He's got everything else in his locker now. Just practice, practice, needs practice, to practice. practice. We're talking about a professional footballer here. Brilliant. Basically, I, 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 I think he banned himself. I know, I right? Harry Kane to be spending time with Zoko half an hour after training, just <laughs> burying, burying chances, you know, and hopefully one will come off at some point. Hopefully, he's saving it for that game at the Emirates. Okay, interesting. Um, next question going along to you, John M. Minty Bloke at Minty Bloke says, what is realistic for this season? I think we are too fragile defensively to win the league and in brackets, Man City too strong. Is a good Champions League run and a domestic cup our best hope? John, can you answer that for us very quickly? I think top three, 100%, and we're okay. going to pick up a domestic pot. We'll have another good run in Europe, but I don't think it will go all the way to the final this time. Okay. Interesting. Okay, we'll finish up with a couple more. Let's go to this one. This is in from. This is in from Aiden at Henji. Again, back to Carl Walker Peters. So, John, I'm going to come around to you. He says, Time to let Carl Walker Peters have a sustained run in the team and see if he can do it. I see nothing in Max Aaron's that Carl Walker Peters can't do yet. Our fans are willing to swap him. Thoughts on that very quickly, John? Mate, I made the exact same point in a tweet on Friday night. Give Carl yeah. Walker Peters a chance. People like the shiny new toy with Max Aaron's. You know he's doing something else. If Carl Walker Peters had played a whole season in the Championship for Norwich, he would have been the Championship right back of the year. Don't worry about that. Agreed. Okay. Interesting. And final one going to you, Ricks tonight. This is from Delhi One at Delhi Will. Great tag handle some of these this season. <laughs> They're fantastic coming out. He says there's a massive creative hole if Eriksson leaves. Will not get in Diabala proved costly, as he's a similar type player, albeit playing further forward. Thoughts. Um, I think losing Ericsson uh, could be costly anyway. I, um, I think we've brought in Celso to hopefully fill that gap. I think we've, um, you know, we, we we would have to trust in the uh, in, in the squad to, to to fill that creative gap. Um, and it, it, just because we didn't get Zabala right now doesn't mean that we, we ain't sorting that out for January. So you never know. Uh, just because uh, the window shut the the other day doesn't mean that. Negotiations stop. Do you know what I mean? So, you never know. We might have a diamond oh. in, in, in the pocket come January. There I you go, it. Ricky. Start Next. the start the transfers. Start, start the, the transfers. Jason's start killing it. himself all right now. Jason's already turned the podcast off. It's already come this on. Ricky starting get him off. Get in the shirt, mate. Get, get, get that airbrush out. Get that neck in the shirt, bro. I love on. it. The Diabola League's already started. Jason said we'd have a couple of breaks from them for a, for a few months, but already Diabola's nah. back on the radar. Fantastic. <laughs> I know, John, you've got something to plug. Go for it, John Mannings. Just want to give a, a big shout-out to South East Thames Spurs top man, Steve Button, who you can follow on Twitter, at Bertie1976. He's, um, he's got, uh, he runs Spurs Legends Nights in Kent, and his next one is at Dartford FC, Friday, October the 4th, with Paul Miller and Ray Clements. Now, I'm not just saying this because Steve's a mate of mine, but me and Jason have both been to plenty of these nights. You know, we've had the pleasure of meeting Steve Perryman, Fifth Jones, Martin Chivers. And uh, Steve, I spoke to Steve the other day. He told me he's got penciled in for next year. And you're talking about 50 years worth of combined memories with these players that he's uh, he's got lined up. Now, the best thing about Steve's nights, in my opinion, are that the legends, they're accessible. There's no VIP prices. It's not a two-tier 
price system. You pay one price, which is thirty pound for this one. You get in the players are more than happy to, you know, sign stuff, have pictures and stuff. But and it's also um, another thing to say is it's compared by a friend of the show, Crackers, Richard Crackman. Who also, you know, he, he's he's hilarious. Crackers, he does a great job. But the most important thing with this is all the ticket money and the raffle prizes. Um, raffle money, sorry, goes to Steve Davis Muscular Dystrophy Charity. And so far, we've raised over £6,000 in total. So Steve does it just for the love and he does it for charity. And it's a really great night as well. So if anyone's in the, the Kent area, I'd, you know, I'd highly recommend it. And uh, me and Jay will see you there in October. There you go. Charles, to meet John and Jason. Jason, don't talk about transfers with him. Whatever you do, don't talk about transfers. Just go and enjoy the event. But like I said there, John, great opportunity to go and meet a couple of legends with so much experience and obviously the memories of playing for Tottenham. That's it, mate. That's what it's all about. This great club, you know, it's, it brings it brings something different to all of us. I think every single person has a different relationship with this club. And for me, I've been able to take my mum to meet her, her idol, Steve Perryman, and that was... Those memories will live with me forever, as, as well as you know, taking my boys to their first games and stuff. It's right up there with some of the best things that this club does. Because our legends are very, very active compared to a lot of other clubs, and they really do put on a great night. And mm. Steve Butt in particular, it's a, it's a cracking night. Yep, there you go, guys. Uh, tune in for more information there. That would be fantastic. And, John, we've got a big show coming up this week in terms of our Patreon show. Now, guys, again, you can go and sign up for us on Patreon. You can still get in your two shows a week. But if you want an extra show of Last Word on Spurs, plus competitions, a chance to join our wonderful panel, you can head across to www patreon.com forward slash last word on Spurs. And we've got two shows coming your way this week. We've got myself and Jamie from the Daily Hotspur doing a special window wrap-up with Martin Lipton, which should answer all the questions about why Dabala never happens, what he also thinks about the players that are coming in, the lights of Sessignon, the Chelsea. So that show will be on there. And also, we've got our one coming along this week, John, about the youth. Tell us what's in store for this week, John. Oh, absolutely crazy weekend of fixtures at the academy level for the club. I mean... There was two results that you'd switch the other way around in your head looking at the players we had available and, and the sides we were up against. I mean, our under-23s went up to Liverpool. Liverpool had such a strong team featuring Harvey Elliott, Rian Brewster, and we went up there and rolled them over 4-0 at their Kirkby Academy. It was a very, very impressive result. Kaz Sterling grabbed a brace. Um, so I'm looking forward to discussing that with, with you on the show. But then our under-18s unfortunately slipped to a 4-0 defeat at Fulham. And it was a you know, really attacking, promising team Spurs put out. So I was very surprised by that. I'm also going to touch on the Jack Clark situation. I'm not happy about it. It's two games in a row. He's not even come off the bench for Leeds United. And we need to be looking at that come January. OK, interesting. Guys, again, if you're interested in the Patreon material, go to www.patreon.com forward slash last word on Spurs. So many shows are coming your way throughout the season. Definitely tune in there. Ricks, it's been a pleasure having you back on. We've missed the positivity you got to come do it all again soon, Rick, haven't you? Listen, mate, you, you, you call me, brother, and I will be there, my there you friend. Go. It's, all, it's always a pleasure being on you. Oh, you're a star. Joe. You know what? This is the great thing. Call him whenever he wants. If only the players were like that, Ricks. <laughs> oh, you, are, you never know, brother. You never you know. Never know. You never, well, Jan's a fan. At least we know Jan's still a fan. God, let's hope he's yeah. back in that squad come the he weekend against Man City. Fingers crossed. We've got that big show coming on Love Sport Radio 2. But firstly, John M., it's been a pleasure. Don't be a stranger. Let's make it happen more often. Nice one, mate. Cheers for having me back. And I'll, I'll definitely, 100%, I'll see you soon. I'll be okay. seeing you soon. Fantastic. And John from Lily White Rose. John, I think this is your fourth or fifth show in a row. God, we need to start paying you what you're worth now, don't we? 
Yeah, that's it, mate. I think my wife's looking forward to having me back. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great, mate. Once again, it's been fantastic. It's been great to be on with you guys, Ricky, Ricky and John. Um, so I'm looking forward to the season and looking forward to our patron show on Wednesday. Indeed. Well, guys, again, go and check out the extra material. It's fantastic. But listen, have a cracking week. We are back on Thursday on Love Sport, looking ahead to Man City to come and what's sure going to be a wonderful fixture. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.